often do you have dreams about men kissing? Shut up. Never dream about my heroes kissing other men. Man, stop. This whole conversation is making me uncomfortable. I dreamt about Muhammad Ali just last night, but he was fighting Joe Frazier, not kissing him. Ooh, gay ass nigga. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Oh, I ain't listening to you. y'all welcome back to the boondocks podcast today we're doing season two episode 13 the story of gangs delicious part two in which gangs delicious is back with a new hit song a new clothing line but the same old secret gayness ensues <laughs> gayness ensues to the homie <laughs> that actually slaps actually <laughs> I mean, the the dance is, you know, it's a little gay. But. So, so, so much so. If I walked into a club and there was a bunch of dudes. Hey, you know, apart. nothing wrong with that. I, I will enjoy watching you. Go for it. Have fun. <laughs> but what would be funny is when they're so oblivious to it. Like, y'all yeah. don't feel like, like, you guys don't realize. Okay. All right. Gonna do here today? Cool. Well, it's pretty uh, much just like in the show that we're about to talk about. How in the video, like people are watching it and not seeing everything they could be seeing. Yeah. But but before we get to that, <laughs> be in my head the rest of the night now. <laughs> how are you guys? I missed you last week. Yes, yes. You made a couple of appearances. You just you know behind well, I, me. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> I got I got home as you guys were recording from sitting in the sunlight and drinking margaritas with my two oldest friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And that was saw, wonderful. Yes. I bet. I saw when she came in, I was like, Oh, she, Oh yeah. She had good old time. And then Dean <laughs> said something about margaritas. I was like, yes, bet. I, yep. Yep. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's that glow and that happy. smile that I recognized. I was happy. Good. <laughs> oh, we had a good, we had a good week. Uh, yeah. Good, oh, good recording last week. Thank you once again to the homie Damon. Um, and thank you to those of the Freedom Train. We appreciate you riding with us. All right. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got a chance to listen to the whole thing, but the bits that I've heard just crack me up. My 12-year-old was so, 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 he was just like, you act like he was there. He was offended <laughs> by it. Somebody called Freedom Train? <laughs> so funny. I was like, son, it was, listen to it in its entirety. That's one episode you can't listen to. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good times. And, you know, we appreciate you taking me time so that you can come back this week and we're, you know, all good. We all need it sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. We were good. Luckily the, the uh, temperature is not um, the ass crack of hell anymore here. And so <laughs> we are able to be in this room without uh, dying, which is, you know, a thing that probably would have happened yesterday if we tried to do this and we would like for you to not pass out mid show yeah. yeah, that's, that's helpful uh, you know 
Yeah, so I, I take it we should never invite you down to California during the summer months. Dean, I, I can't even talk him to go down to California when it's not summer months. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm hoping I can talk him into, because you guys are farther north than where he lived, but fuck, he, hates, he hates California so much. Like, I'm going down there actually at the end of summer. I'm going down to um, Venice Beach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Venice Beach with my mom and uh, one of my best friends and her mom. Um, we're taking the train down because my mom hasn't been on a good train ride in decades. And uh, we're going to go to California because I know Dean won't go there. So I'm hoping there will be a lot less fires this year because people are afraid of what happened last year. Maybe possibly, hopefully. Well, yeah. And it's been so hot early this year. So that's I mean, I, I understand it. Um, yeah. I, I'm a little concerned because we're so we're only into just about to be July and we've right. already had what 10 days of 100 degree weather Thanks. since May. So, yeah, so that's why I don't live anywhere. I want to live away from people, but I don't want to live like in, in the, the desert. Yeah. Or the forest, because that's where a lot of I mean, paradise was completely a like foresty kind of wooded, you know, town and it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's gone. That's true. So, man, I don't want to. Plus, and then that's where all the scary movies always end up happening. It's like, it's, <laughs> so, <laughs> several reasons, several reasons. But, yeah, I, so. I, I feel really torn about that because I, I would love to live out in the middle of nowhere, but also, um, I don't want to live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but being yeah. surrounded by trees would be amazing. That's enough. For, that's See, that's places <laughs> where people hide when they're trying yeah. to come and then, you know, someone will shoot off fireworks or light a campfire and then just not put it out. And yep, then yep. 500,000 acres are gone or whatever. Yep. Including my everything that I love. Yeah. So, yep. see, there's so many reasons to not. Um, but, yes, Miss Lindsay, how are you feeling this week? I'm good, y'all. You're all good? <laughs> yeah. Anything no. going on anyone wants to talk about? Oh. <laughs> I mean, let's see. Government's still a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've, you've got eight stitches in your arms. Oh, yeah. I got eight stitches in my arms. My my first stitches, actually, of my life that were not uh, dental. Um, what happened? Our dogs got into another fight, and I happened oh to be in between them when it happened. What is wrong with them? What's going on? <sighs> it's, it's, the same, it's the same dog. He's Something's going on, and he's just... I don't know. He's got massive anxiety and something sets him off and we can't figure it out. And so now like we have to keep them completely separated and he's so fucking sad about it. Like he didn't, he didn't dogs don't do these things out of like maliciousness or anything. Like, yeah. and he feels so bad because Onyx is Onyx is hurt and I'm hurt and he's fine. Little shit. And, uh, you know, he can't, I won't let him near her and she is afraid of him. We're chalking it up to the heat because the heat was crazy. And when we went to the ER, they said they actually had a whole lot of animal bites coming in that day. Um, I'm sure there were more of them throughout the weekend uh, because that was just the first night when it was, you know, 90 something degrees all day. And it didn't hit like it hit 100 in the late, late afternoon. And it was shortly after that that Shadow just like went crazy. So, so yeah, I got bit um, a couple of times. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. Well, that's very eventful. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's between the, that and the heat, I haven't gotten much packing done and it's been very frustrating because like we're at a point where there is there is a giant room that I need to tackle, but I can't because we have to close off the areas of the house that we can actually get cool. And that is not part of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate I hate packing. Last yeah. time we packed, we didn't move. We just were like, throw away some shit. Well, like literally mm-hmm. we threw away so much, but it was good because we didn't know that the space we moved into had a lot less space, like mm-hmm. a lot less cabinets and stuff like that. So it was good. But, you know, replacing like our griddle, you know, something that we don't even think about till I go to cook something named the griddle. You know, mm-hmm. then I'm like, shit, that's right, we threw it away. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, like bookcases and shit like that. Like we got here and I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot. We have seven boxes of books, but we threw away our bookcase. So, <laughs> oh, man. Getting rid of yeah. books has been the hardest thing that about this whole process for me. Pop, pop. Oh, hey, oh. speaking of pops. <gasps> yeah. We actually know what our pops look like now. That's amazing. Like, I I already had one because Dennis Guggen made one for me and Dean for How Are You Now? But fuck, it's so cool to have one that actually looks like what I look like. <laughs> like, not in a Did fancy great dress. Job. <laughs> great job. Jackson Such said, when are they going to be at, well, I mean, where are they going to be at Target? I was like, oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. Uh, so yeah, hey, actually, they, they, are in, uh, they are in the mail right now oh, coming, oh, to, coming to us. Yay. So I'll need to get you guys' addresses so I can send you yours. So, oh my gosh. How cool. Like, no. So shout out to him. Yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. Dennis Guggen uh, custom pop vinyls. Yes. Yes. So neat. I, my, my, um, my son said, let me, I want to know what, you know, they really look like. He wanted to compare our, you know, to the real right. pictures. Of course, what I look like. But he's like, yeah, I see it. I see it. He thinks, <laughs> like, Lindsay, he thinks yours is just like, he's like, she kind of looks like a superhero with your, your blue eyes. The blue eyes, right? Yeah. Uh, big so. ass head. That's what, that's what got Well, me that's what it. pops up. <laughs> I know, but mine just looks as extra big as it's it is. You have hair. The yeah, other two, like. Big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, compared please. to compared to mine and MJ's, like I I have uh, or MJ's got like a very short cropped style, and then I've got like half a head of hair, and you've got all of this hair, <laughs> so that's why it looks bigger. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Great gift <sighs> idea too for you guys. If <laughs> yeah, if you want a custom pop for your sweetie or your best friend or you know like. Yeah, let, let me jump in here real quick yeah. because Dennis makes lots of custom pop vinyls. He started doing it because uh, Funko did not have rights to um, to James Bond. And so he started making them for himself and for his friends who were big fans of James Bond. And then it just kind of went from there. And he's he's done Van Halen. He's done all these wrestlers. He's, I mean, so many people. If you go check out, go check out his, uh, his, uh, page on facebook because he's got so many and he's i think i think now he's finally got the entire cast of letter kenny so uh and and actually multiple versions because of uh different different scenes from from all of them but yeah he's uh he's he's a monster when it comes to those and he and he actually he wrote, he wrote me to apologize for how long it was taking to make those oh god no apology <laughs> needed come no, on <laughs> Yeah. Like that's a talent, especially if you're trying to actually, you know, bring the essence of the person into mm-hmm. it, you know, not have it look 
kind of like, you know, the, the individual. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah, he may be getting a couple of requests, you know, from me. Um, fantastic. You know, other podcasts, I know you guys are going to be jealous. So go ahead and hit him up because I know you guys are going to want one. <laughs> we have it. So no. Uh, no, but I think that's really cool. So that, that definitely is something that we had to talk about. You know, something new for the week. Something exciting. Um, I got chills. I will say when I opened the, you know, the, the picture and really brought it all up. It was really cool to see. Um, all of them together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that'd be so dope, like to send it to the powers that be and that are behind right. the boom. Um, you if know, you ever get a chance to meet him or something. Be like, hey, look, I might, how that, awesome that is this conversation? <laughs> you know, the peak, the interest. Um, yeah. <laughs> never know how, how the universe could, i mean with when it's when it reboots on uh and hbo max next year mm-hmm. it's quite possible that could could very well happen yeah it will happen we, we speak things to a- right let let's yeah. let, we'll leave that up to you mj because you do you speak to the universe uh yeah. better because i have trouble thinking that anything is out there listening <laughs> I, tr- I try i try yeah. really hard it, I mean, it's going to be crazy, but I really kind of got this belief from dogma, but it's probably not the best that when hey, I really watched it. Hey, I was, Alanis Morissette is God. Sure, fine by me. Yeah. Fine awesome. by me. Awesome. But that's really <laughs> what I learned about. Like you speak things into existence, you get an idea, you have to make it come true or, you know, manifest it. Cause if not, it's going to be moved on and passed on to the next creative in the world. So mm-hmm. I've always taken that. But the very first time I think I told you guys that I watched dogma, I was fresh off of a, a rave. And um, <laughs> just taking MDMA purely for the first time. So oh. that could have had something to do with it. But um, I've always just kind of taken that. So that's what I, you know, that's, that's what I believe in. And it's come true for me in the past 10 years or so. Um, it's awesome. been speaking things into existence. So yeah. it can happen. Can. All right. All right. We, we, we believe in your power. Yes. And we also believe we will start talking about the episode. See, here we go. Well, I'm going to start talking about it right now if you want to. All right. Uh, so the story of Gangs Delicious Part 2. So, um, so the episode begins with a disclaimer similar to Part 1. The following is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to actual gay-ass rappers is coincidental. Seriously, we're not talking about anybody at all. The rapper you think we're talking about, we're not talking about him. In fact, as far as we know, no rapper in the history of rap music has ever kissed another man or fondled another man's goodies. Dictated, not read, the management. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, right off the bat, that's it's hilarious to me because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I had when this first came out, I had no idea that that any, you know, I didn't that was not on my radar about rappers um, because of that whole, the whole stereotype that you're, they we're seeing play out in this, like that, that idea that being gay is negative And so they won't show it. Um, so at the time I had no idea, but of course now uh, we can count. I can count off a couple off the top of my head because you've got Lil Nas X that, we talked about earlier with uh, his uh, recent BET performance. Um, Tyler, the creator, uh, Queen Latifah officially came out of the closet. Um, Did she? Yep. Yep. She, she, uh, at the BET awards, she shouted out her partner and their child. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised. I 
I'm no, no, yeah. I've I've known wow. for probably ever, but it was really cool to kind of see her go. I'm really fucking proud of this, and I'm ready for people to understand that this is me. Because she like never, notoriously never talks about. Oh no, never, ever, never. never. So, really and then good. Cardi B, who's you know pansexual. I don't know if that's what she calls herself, but it seems like she's pretty okay with sleeping with whoever if she wants to. So, more power and to that. And she's again. Congratulations. <laughs> And I have to admit, she's kind of adorable when she's pregnant. Um, I just, I think it's really cool that I, at least me, someone who is not uh, big into a lot of that music and the scene surrounding it, like I can name four off the top of my head. And that's pretty (laughs) fucking cool, especially being a queer person who thought, well, rap music couldn't be for me because they absolutely don't like queer people. (laughs) Like that was, that was how it felt in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, so just like people always, there was always like whispering and, 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 you know, words going on and just comments going on and within the black community. But like back in the day, we didn't have the internet. Right. So I don't know how, you know, this information got spread. Like my mom saying stuff. And I'm like, how did you know that? They didn't put that in Ebony. That's not right. a guess. Like, how did you know that? But so it was always, always something that, you know, kind of went around. Eddie Murphy was, you know, something. And, um, yeah. I remember my dad used to refer to uh, like, and I didn't understand at the time what he was talking about, but like referring to somebody as being on the down low. And like, I think it was, there was a movie or TV show or something where I eventually like found out what that meant and was like, and my dad was, uh, had very similar ideas um, about gay people as granddad. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, my I grew up with, with other queer kids and, uh, he, my dad was not comfortable with me having male gay friends who would want to stay over because, you know, movies would say that, Oh, he's pretending to be a gay guy to, to get the girl or whatever. So that was my dad's idea of (laughs) anyway. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a lot of, of, of that generation or, you know, saying up until, uh, that's what, and probably even still a little bit of, of our generation now, but um, I yeah. tend to think it's very, um, it, there says a lot in psychology. And if you are really like, you know, showcasing these feelings that some, just because somebody's gay, they want to get at you. Like, it's like, so mm-hmm. what, what really is it? You know, I just, there's just, there's room for that questioning because I feel like in today's world, you shouldn't be bothered or care about what somebody does behind their bedroom door um, and who they do it with. That right. shouldn't, that shouldn't affect you or change you or anything else. Like that should, it shouldn't even be something that you think about in a day on a daily basis. But you know, unfortunately it is. And some people like to blame other things for, you know, for that reason, um, like religion or, you know, or whatever. Well, and so many of the things like my dad and I rarely discussed queer issues at all. Um, I was out without being out to him. Like he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it kind of thing. So we just didn't talk about it. Um, And that was pretty true, you know, all the way to the end. Uh, But, you know, over the last few years, he was more open to having conversations and actually like learning about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's, for me, what's interesting is, you know, like I said, my dad was very much like granddad in this episode with how granddad reacts right off the beginning. If I had ever flat out said that I was gay to my dad, that could have been a huge big deal. Like, 
my mom always knew something. Like she was surprised when I decided to marry a man. Like there was no problem there. My dad, he didn't know that his best friend was gay. I knew. <laughs> there was a reason why this very Catholic man got a divorce and stopped going to church. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't yeah. just come out of come out of the proverbial closet uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but like that whole that whole generation was so stunted because they had to hide it so hard that when they raised us, they made us believe that you know there was something wrong with us if we had feelings that were not. I don't want to use the word normal, but that would be the word that they would say. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, so once we have that disclaimer at the beginning, the plot basically starts off as a flashback uh, telling us what happened in part one um, where, like, you know, there he got shot again and then there was this, all of the stuff with... Uh, getting held at gunpoint, stripped naked and shot at and, you know, all of those things. Um, then, so we're, then we see that uh, the gang is watching MTV and a new music video is introduced called Homies Over Hoes. Uh, the video focuses uh, on the not very subtle homosexual imagery and themes. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, this is something I said earlier. The not so subtleness of it, like the um, the champagne bottle, and <laughs> and then everybody dancing with their mouths open while after it explodes. I was just like, really? That's like right out of the eighties. Like <laughs> it was just a, so blatant. It was so blatant. And like right? the women that it were so... they had pushed out of the VIP were standing there, like, what the hell is that? Like nobody else sees what's going on right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that especially with the with the champagne bottle with mm-hmm. him like biting his lip and just getting all sweaty and everything. Yeah, that shit was so. I felt like I was kind of watching a porn, like on, like, you know, on. It felt porn. yeah, it felt that's, like that's, it could have been like Red Shoe Diaries. It. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like not it's, quite uh, porn, but like maybe they actually filmed a porn, but they cut out the actual sex parts for the pay per view. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just all that left up to your interpretation, but it right. was. It, it led you definitely down a path. Right. Um, you know, it is, it's so funny because, uh, the guy that was supposed to be, you know, the, the, the BET or whatever, you know, the video host was sway. And, um, it's so funny that they were able to get, like, he was so excited about it, you know, and it's just like, how is no one picking up on, on all these just blatant, you mm-hmm. know, little nuggets here, here and there. Um, and so yeah. it makes you wonder if nobody pick up on it or was everybody ignoring it because he was the biggest star you know in in the world at that point at least the biggest rap star um that's a great question i mean there's uh i mean we'll talk about it in a minute when uh they go uh when they go into like the 80s flashbacks um but like i feel like there was so much (laughs) in in so much of entertainment in general I feel like there was a lot of uh, blatantly out, but still closeted. Like Elton John wasn't technically out, I think, until like the 90s or maybe even later. You know, yeah. everybody knew. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just like things like that. Like it, it's. Uh, so but anyway, sorry. Uh, so Huey tries to point out to Riley that, you know, the imagery is gay, but Riley doesn't want to hear that because 
Gangstalicious can't be gay because for Riley, gay is like the worst thing you could be. Um, he refuses to be reminded about uh, Gangstalicious being Gangstalicious being kissed by a man. Um, Riley has convinced himself that the kiss that he saw was only a dream. Uh, and then you know we then we have the theme song. Uh, then this is the part that I I find hilarious. The one I want to talk about. Um, Two rappers called MC Booty B and Homo D that appear in the segment, I Love Gay Rappers. And they talk about how the world wasn't ready for an openly gay rapper when they came out in the 80s. And, you know, it's it's a parody of things like I Love the 80s or I Love whatever that they used to do all the time on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just talking about things like... Uh, like doing ecstasy in the club and dancing all night and, you know, quote unquote, doing gay shit. Like their album hi, covers just... were so fantastic. <laughs> right? right. And I'm in real the life, there was that shit. All the time. And... Yeah. There was so much like representations of like S&M and bondage and like leather stuff. And like in the, in the eighties and nineties, like it was everywhere, but it wasn't, it wasn't gay. <laughs> it was just yeah. art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm thinking back, to, like, and I'm not saying that any of these rappers were, but I'm thinking back to like stuff that like Houdini wore, and um, you know, and and like Cameo, and you know, you definitely a lot of that stuff is not just they didn't just like make that. Like, they definitely had to go to a shop and get some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that was meant for the dungeon, um, and not like and I'm not saying anything. You know, and if they were fantastic, if they're not, you know, good. But when you say it like that, like it definitely makes me think, especially of the '80s. A lot of the the costumes that the rappers wore were would definitely be seen today. You know, in a dungeon mm-hmm. type of BDSM type of situation. Um, like you said, a lot of the leather and the and the the chokers. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I never thought of that before. I just got an image when you said that. I got an image. Uh, but very true. I mean, I think that's where that whole segment came from. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm sure. Like yeah. I I know that I can't like you can you can think back to that time and recall a lot of that stuff and for me I'm like I don't I don't know who you're talking about but that's cool. Like but for me I can go well, you know, George Michael <laughs> or something like that. Like it was so obvious to anybody who actually knew that you know basically if if you if you understand and accept homosexuality and you see these things you're like oh okay whatever he's gay and then yeah. 20 years later they come out of the closet and people are like what and you're like i've known since i was 8 yeah <laughs> well, like you know like the brat like the yeah. you know, she came out saying that she was pretty much married and was like mm, okay uh, <laughs> right not a surprise um but yeah yeah no you're right that's that that's definitely i think in a it's going to happen where it's more and more often, but it's not going to be a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Like people, kids, you know, everybody's kind of coming out. And I don't even think there needs to be a coming out because it, why does it matter? Nobody ever questions when somebody is straight. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody, mm-hmm. so it shouldn't, I feel like it shouldn't matter. Hopefully we will get to that one day where, you know, a celebrity or somebody in the public eye or, you well, know, where people may have that question, they don't have to. You know, go ahead and reveal that. The NFL player that just came out. Like, you're not the only one. You're the first one. 
That's admitted it. Well, but you're no. not the only one. He's, he's the first one who was already established on a team when he came out. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Michael Sam. Well, that's yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But even, um, I think, even being in the league right now, there's tons mm-hmm. of others. Oh, yeah. Like, I, no, no, there's ob- there's no way. Statistically, there is no way. There aren't tons of gay uh, sports stars and movie stars and, uh, you know, whatever. Like, statistically, they are out there. There's no way to have that many people and not have a single one of them not be yeah. queer. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they they are choosing to enter into a career that you have to be highly closeted to be successful. And you mentioned the player that came out. I... I'm I'm glad that it happened that there has now been a first um but he only came out because he was essentially about to be outed because he was being a homophobic asshole to people and he's a Trump supporter and like like big money donor to 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 Republican right like you know one of those um all, yeah one of those where you're almost like of course you're gay like you've done all these things that are very anti-gay. So of course you're gay. So <laughs> like, I don't know the whole story. I might wow. be completely off, but that is how I understand the story at the moment. Well, I think that, you know, I talk about the mumble rappers and this new, like, you know, sounding really old, like this, you know, racket they make. But there are more of the rappers now that are not really coming out, but it's within their lyrics or it's mm-hmm. how they, you know, choose their to dress or their fashion or, you know, they do something that, traditionally is seen as especially in the black community as gay um and they're doing it and they're doing it unapologetically um and so, it's the younger ones right yeah um yeah because some of the younger ones some i would say below 30 for sure okay um well and the reason know, why is, is one um you know he says it um and he you know he rapped with little wayne he compares himself to little wayne but he's okay. somebody that that it has said things and done things and and it's just yeah, yeah, and it, I just feel like it's 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 more acceptable um, in that generation because they're really just looking at the art. But then you also are becoming a not of an icon, but you're becoming an example to mm-hmm. those who are in hip hop as well, but also you know experiencing and living the same life. So I, I think so. I had a conversation not that long ago uh, with my stepdaughter, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before, uh, but it really sticks out to me because she basically so she's 21. Um, same age as she's almost 22, same age as little Nas, little Nas X. And I look at them and as a representation in my mind of a generation that is open, way more open than any generation before it. And when I, when I taught, was talking about this with her, she was like, oh yeah, everybody in my generation is a li- at least a little bit gay. And I was like, you know, that actually like, Maybe one day we will get to the point, this is going back to what you were saying earlier, maybe one day we'll get to a point where people aren't coming out as gay or bi or whatever. They're coming out as straight because it's okay to be queer and it's so normalized that, you know, wanting to be in a in a straight monogamous relationship might be the thing that uh, goes out of style someday, you know? Yeah. Um, Are people really living their, living their life and doing it in, out loud or, you know, I don't want to say in quiet, but doing it to whatever level they feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, um, I, I could see that. So, and I, it, this, I mean, this episode was at 2004, 2005. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Around that time. 
So mm-hmm. what it was 16 years ago. Um, and it definitely was much different then. I mean, there, you know, it, I think if it came out today, it would be very tongue in cheek and very funny for people. You know what I'm saying? Like people would mm-hmm. probably just be like, oh God, this like, so what we, you know, we've had this song and this song, um, you know, this artist or whatever. But back then it was definitely a, it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, again, like it, it's. It's only been seen by the majority of the U.S. population as an okay thing, being queer, being gay, being some part of the quilt bag or the alphabet mafia. Like, that's only really been normalized in the last 10, 15 years. And, you know, it's it started 40 years ago. It definitely, um, when when all of, like, when when Stonewall happened and everything around that, it was when... Queers were finally like, fuck you. We are done with being under your boot. Now we're going to fight back. And from there to now, we've gotten to a point where the kids of the kids of Stonewall have learned from their history instead of all those other people that haven't learned anything and understand that there might not necessarily be such a thing as gender. There might not necessarily be such a thing as uh, religion in their minds, you know, it it could be that it just, you know, they embrace new ideas and um, they are more willing to go to therapy and talk about their feelings. And there's just so many things that the the younger those the kids nowadays uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're experiencing and exposed to, and um, parents are. More often than not these days, not saying that it doesn't happen because it does, but more often than not accepting of their children when they are queer. And, you know, like I grew up with somebody who was put in a mental hospital for coming out as trans when we were kids, um, who is now around 40 and finally starting to uh, go into a transition phase because it took that long for them to get over being in uh, internalizing how much their family hated the idea that they were queer actually. Cause I don't think that it was trans at the time. I think it was just coming out as gay when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, back then conversion therapy was uh, the new thing. It was great. Let's, let's do this. Whereas now it's illegal in most states. Unfortunately, it's not illegal everywhere yet. But yeah. And you just mentioned Stonewall and it is um, right now the kind of anniversary of when everything was kind of taking place. Yep. Um, started June 28th through July 3rd, um, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. And that's um, why we have Pride in June every year. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. And we're right. You know, so it's kind of kind of funny that we fell into this episode right in, you know, the month of Pride. So right. it's kind of perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it would be interesting for that to see this episode or an episode like this today when Pride is much more celebrated and, um, you know, cities are having the events and it's not such a smaller, you know, group of individuals that kind of get together now. They're huge celebrations and in, in all mm-hmm. in a lot of the major cities. And being um, gay is not a slur and it's, yeah, it's looked down yeah. on if you use it as a slur. Yeah. I mean, because I don't think if I think back 15 years, 16 years, I don't think and, and at least in Sacramento. I don't recall the pride event being as big as what it is. You know, I think everybody kind of went mm. to like Frisco, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, but now you're seeing it being a celebration and 
a lot of major cities. So, you know, it is, it is, it is a change, you know, with that going on. And so it would, like I said, be interesting to see this episode happen today. Riley, I mean, Riley and, and, you know, pops definitely represented the popular, I think, idea or mentality towards being gay. Um, then, um, especially within a rapper because a rapper was supposed to be nothing but the epitome of, you know, of what it is to be a male. Um, especially somebody like, you know, that's saying gangs delicious. Um, and masculinity is threatened by non heteronormative love. I don't know. I can't think of a right (laughs) after the, um, I love gay rapper scene. Uh, Riley walks in with a box of clothes that, uh, was sent to him by gangs delicious from his new line of clothing. Um, Huey keeps asking Riley, like, why, why is this grown man sending you stuff? Why is this, you know, why is he trying so hard to, you know, get on your good side? You know, maybe it could be about, you know, that, that thing he's keeping secret. And, uh, Riley's like, what, man, no way. That's not a thing. That's gang delicious. Isn't gay, man. That was a dream. Remember I said it was a dream. Uh, <laughs> and so here I'm, I'm literally like, is this the, I, I don't know if this is the conversation exactly, but uh, in here there's a conversation where, oh no, it's a little later, but it just, it, I have to say it, because <laughs> Riley calls everything gay, everything, anything that is not how he wants it is gay, and for him that's, that's like his, his go-to insult, period, like that's, that's his baseline that he'll go to, um, but he's so, because that's so ingrained in him that that's a negative thing, he can't even uh, like process the idea that this friend might be gay. Um, and that's, I think that that reaction coming from what we were just talking about, about how Riley and Granddad kind of have that mentality, like, it, it makes me... I don't know. It it makes me wonder why or how Riley got started on gay being the go-to bad for everything. You know? Yeah. I I mean, I think it was just, I know for that time it wasn't as, um, I don't want to say taboo, but as, as defined as insulting. Um, as like when we were growing up, like people just said it, you know, like, oh, you're like gay. that, that was funny like, or stupid or yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it never meant actually like, oh, okay, well, you like the same sex or, you know, you right. it, it was more of like, oh, like you said, you're done, you're stupid or whatnot. So for Riley, it was definitely more that than it was actually being somebody who liked, the, you know, person of the same sex. Um, because you saw that, you know, he would say it and it would be more of like, and the way that he would use it, it was definitely more of an insult as far as like your intelligence. Right. But then when it became a, well, you, you may be homosexual because he's homosexual. Then it was like, I'm going to cry. You know, that was like the the worst thing ever. So being able to decipher between the two or decide when, when you're insulted and when you're not, that's a lot for an eight year old, you know? So I think he was just regurgitating what was, you know, what the language and the, the, uh, slang per se that was you know around him um and Huey being who Huey is you know being that he's 
just a more rational and more mature understands that your language says a lot about who you are and the words that you choose to use. So he just didn't, didn't because he understood the meaning behind it really. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you oh, know, and I love that Huey is basically just like question no, all through this episode. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's never the voice of reason. Really. He's always just like kind of questioning, like, really, is this what you think? Okay. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And using it though, to his advantage because he really wanted to. Right. Right. (laughs) All of it just comes down to just one basic argument, uh, which is that, as you guys were just talking about, being gay is normal. It always Mm -hmm. has been normal. Japanese culture, samurais honored gay relationships between the samurai master and the apprentice. How many monarchs and kings of France and England Mm -hmm. were openly and proud of being gay? Roman aqueducts, they did the whole Sparta. image of the bathhouse and <laughs> mm-hmm. being gay. Uh, if you are in Hollywood today, you are probably, whatever, you're, whatever you define yourself as, you are probably gay or whatever else for play because that's how it works. We see rappers and everybody talking about this, especially like in the past years. I remember like Inspected Deck did like a whole interview about it. The game was talking about it before. Mm-hmm. Like Birdman allegedly is gay, Lil Wayne. I shouldn't say gay. There are, you know, they have a spectrum of diversity and sexuality, allegedly. Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. same. Like it just is what it is. It's divide culture. That's why when we were young, it well, like how Riley says everything is gay. When I was young, we said everything was gay, and unless your parents corrected you. It's just dumb shit, y'all. And like, I think that's really what this episode gets at. You know what I mean? It's like from the lyrics of the song to like at the end where they're like, oh, these pearls are hot. I'm not taking these pearls off. (laughs) That people just buy into whatever pop culture sets as the norm and whatever you have to do to be accepted. You know, and that gives people here down on the ground things to fight about and to judge each other about and separate shit about y'all. Hello, no disrespect to Lindsey Graham, but did we not all spend last year <laughs> talking about Lady Graham? Like the people with money and the people on top. Lady G, right? They, Lady, yeah. Lady G, yeah. They are not concerned about who and who is not gay. They're all fucking each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just my bottom line on a lot of this. That's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I that's kind of always been my feeling. Like even when I was a kid and people did use gay, well, in my area it was definitely a slur. It was it was used as a way to put down somebody or to like get people to laugh at somebody else. Um and whether or not that was what their intention was or that's just how it appeared to me, it always appeared to me that way, so I never got in the habit of it. Um so, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that has bothered me for years. Like, why why was that word? <laughs> like, you know, um, why why did that become cool? Like, why was yeah. that why was that a a slang word in in anyone's vocabulary? Like, we didn't go around using what is now derogatory words when I was a kid, and I know that sounds funny to say it that way, but it's true. Like the shit that we said when I was growing up. It feels so basic compared to the shit that they say now. Like, I feel like, though, it's that exact thing, though, because being gay was what was selected 
as something to call people out about. Just like people always, a lot of people don't think it's offensive to say, oh my God, she's so ghetto. I find that offensive. Shut the fuck up. What do you know about being ghetto? And there's nothing wrong with being ghetto. But back when I was growing up, like think about what was going on in the 80s. And you guys were a little older than me then where gay people were being persecuted and Mm -hmm. accused of spreading AIDS. You were the group who was chosen at that time to be demonized. So that shit, it trickles on down. People, adults, the government, uh, propaganda wants to point at gay people and say, oh, my God, they're awful. They're evil. That spreads into pop culture. That spreads to kids. So being gay became like a a slang word. And believe it or not, because we're all black people, with the exception of you, Dean, um, on (laughs) on this podcast, like just because, like I said, I have had a lot of really white country kind of you know, from the grass fields of Kansas kind of friends. You don't think they sit around and say to each other, oh, man, you can't do that. That's niggerish. They say it. They do it. You know what I mean? So it's just people picking any kind of group that they can demonize. You look like a tranny. You've never heard anyone say that kind of bullshit. They just people just grab onto anything hateful and hurtful and they throw it around at each other. And with AIDS in the 80s, they just, you know, gay became easy to, yeah. yeah. It was Target. easy to have somebody to demonize. Uh, next, Gangs Delicious goes on Regis and Kathy Lee, which anybody who uh, was not watching daytime television 15 years ago, Regis and Kathy Lee were like the biggest names and everybody wanted to, to chat with them in daytime TV. It was which I don't understand because they're the whitest of white people. Right? And they were, ever. they're still, like, it's, she's still on TV and they're just so boring. <laughs> so boring. Like if she sings oh. one more song, please don't sing another song. <laughs> like, stop it. Um, yeah, but, and so I didn't get it. Everybody, that was the show to watch. Like mm-hmm. that was the one. And like that's where you went for, you know, the hottest news and on a celebrity or celebrity to do, you know, to promote. There'd be like a little or, bit of gossip and then there'd be an interview yeah. and. Sometimes they, they do a skit. Interview, yeah, they did interview every hip hop artist mm-hmm. the same way that they interviewed Gang Delicious. I love, you know, I loved his little fashion show that he had on there. That was, I okay. mean, I don't know how nobody didn't know then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the pink fake bulletproof jacket, cool. Yeah, I've I've seen fake bulletproof stuff. That's totally a thing that did hit fashion a couple of times now, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the long shirt with the rectangle right above the butt crack so that you can grab your gun, like the whole reason to have it in your pants is so that it's hidden. It's not hidden if there's a, a window there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. That is not right. why that is there. But okay. Like, uh, you know. After after the Regis and Kathy Lee show, uh, Riley goes over to Thugnificent's Thugnif- place uh, in his new Gangstalicious gear. Man. Why didn't we think of that, man? Yeah, we sound like a bunch of bitch niggas that, that, that need women in their lives or something, man. But I'm saying, I mean, we calling them bitches and hoes and shit. It ain't like we respecting them or nothing like that. Damn. So obviously they're, they're talking about the new single uh, from Gangs Delicious. Uh, what is it? Homies Over Hoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Riley reveals that he's actually friends with uh, Gangs Delicious and like calls him up and basically uh, arranges it so that uh, Magnificent, Phenomenal, and Mac Tastic, Jesus, I almost got it right, Mac Tastic would collaborate with him on a remix of this new song. 
on the, while he's still on the phone, though, Gangstalicious starts questioning Riley on whether he's keeping the secret safe. Riley has no idea because he has convinced himself that he didn't actually see what he thought that he saw. Uh, so he just he he doesn't know anything, and Gangstalicious thinks that he's you know he's covering for him. So they're good, they're good. Then Granddad sees Riley walking down the hall in Gangstalicious gear and is concerned. So. Once again, I, I just want to remind myself and everyone listening that we are talking about an eight-year-old child wearing this clothing. <laughs> and the, the skort is so far down on his hips that you can see the V. And that yeah. kind of bothered me a bit. I don't want to see, I don't <laughs> I don't kids, see that shit on a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not That's not that. sexy when it's on a kid. Like, it's just not. Yeah, it takes, it yeah. takes away from it. Yeah. Completely. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you there. <laughs> so Riley tells Granddad, you know, no, it's not like that. Like this is a wife beater, and this is a cool flap that cu- so you can hide stuff from the cops. And, and you know, this is a man bag, and which, by the way, is a real thing. I used mm-hmm. to sell them when I sold retail back in a million years ago. Mm-hmm. I would sell leather man bags, and rich men would come in and buy them. Never saw anybody but rich men buy them, but yeah. Meanwhile, Robert and Ruckus uh, begin to spy on, spy on Riley, uh, concerned that he may be turning gay. Ruckus, of course, does not help things because he is very quick to just start, you know, calling Riley, using derogatory terms towards Riley as if, you know, he just because, you know, he's walking a certain way or wearing certain clothes. Well, that's it. He's, he's gay. Not the words that he used, of course, but I am violently against that word uh just as much as i am the n-word like it's a little different when we're talking about that on this show but the one censored was that uh he said that riley will grow up to be entered repeatedly by another man you know that that sounds so uh it was just it was so descriptive it was just over right. like it was just like, you're talking like, about a fucking kid <laughs> yeah. yeah like it was definitely uncle ruckus but it was like dude come bring it back a, a little bit like it was it was representing what yeah think or like how you know people were talking like their worst fears supposedly you know or their concerns coming out in just like the worst the worst descriptive way possible um you know and that's that's uncle ruckus for you little fun fact little trivia uh this is the first episode where uncle ruckus does not exhibit self-hating racism he does Uh not he does not say anything negative about the blackness of riley just about the gayness of Riley. Hmm. Hmm. So, right? I had to go back and make sure when, like, Dean wrote that out. I'm he like, picks and chooses. Is you, know, really? he, you know, he, he shows some restraint, I guess you can say. <laughs> sure. Uh, As he was or, yelling F-A-G-G-O-T down the, yeah, <laughs> down the yeah, street. You know, but he didn't, he didn't relay anything racial to it. So that right. was, a, you know. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, Granddad approaches Huey and Riley. Huey doesn't respond, which makes Granddad even more positive. Wait, even more positive that Riley is gay. Uh, he mentions that he cannot have the boys sleeping in the same room anymore. R- Huey suggests that they should also have separate bathrooms. Uh, so the next scene is back to MC Booty B and Homo D, which I just love saying that, uh, talking about how rap culture has become more gay due to the influence of prison culture, which is really, really gay. I, I always found that interesting that rap culture was very homophobic, but embraced something that essentially was a flag to other prisoners to say, I am 
cure for you. So, yeah. And I think it was always kind of like a, well, we don't really believe in that because that's not something I do with every day. Like you have to have somebody who an uncle or somebody who came back and they're like, look, pull mm-hmm. your pants up and I'm going to tell you why. Like right, that's, right. You know, that's really where you got like the, the real truth of it is from somebody that had been like, that shit's not cute. Like, let me tell you right now what that, what would happen if you went to jail. So that's why I think, you know, if you ever had that, that, that story or, you know, that, that story, but if you ever had that truth provided to you, it was from somebody who had done some time. And then like mm-hmm. those gentlemen, you know, either they listened or they were like, fuck it, we're going to do what we want to do because it's, it's fashionable. Um, so yeah, you know, it's once again, choosing to ignore, you know, something where trying to, it was, it's kind of like, you know, using, you know, using the N word, you can't really take the stigma out of that. So like out of, you know, what, what, if you end up in jail and you like to wear your pants like that, what's going to happen to you? Um, you know, you you You, can't, you will find out really fast that you are, you know, lunch meat. Popular. Yeah, popular. Yeah. That's a good word. Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, y'all. You know, I got to ride for my hood people, though. I'm never into the pants hanging off your ass, but it is a thing people do in the hood. Oh, yeah. And listen, I don't know about from. y'all, though, but when I grew up, like uh, someone, maybe an auntie or somebody gave me like a gold anklet. And my mom freaked the fuck out and she would not allow us to wear anklets and chokers and things and maybe this was just my mom being weird but she said to her it is similar to wearing chains and she did not want her kids running around wearing i could see that anklets or chokers and hey i mean that probably is like i know like slave slave anklets are a thing a specific fashion thing i was just gonna say i used to wear slave bracelets in the 90s because i had no fucking clue what like like i would wear that all the fucking time i probably still have some but we do it we wear it. I, I, you know, yeah, I didn't even think about that. History. That's pretty crazy. I know that my mom was like, don't wear certain ones on. And it was kind of like the whole earring thing. But like for her, she was like, you can't wear your, you know, your anklet on a certain an- ankle because it like meant that you're a prostitute. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, so then why'd you buy it for me? But it was. Yeah. That's so many. Yeah. So many different different beliefs and, you know, shit like that. But. You know, it was just something like in the hood, it became a thing. Like it just became a style. I mean, look back. I look back at pictures of hubby now and he's like, I would never wear my fucking pants that big again. He's like, what was I doing? I'm like, you was looking good. But yeah, he damn sure cannot. I would look at him crazy if he went to go try to buy a pant. You know, uh, he's a 34 at best, 36. And we would use the guy like 42s. Like easily just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I would easily I'd be considering, you know. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. I, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where it grew from a certain place, but it grew in a culture that would not be ready to acknowledge where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was going with that. Like they, they wouldn't embrace the idea that it essentially had homosexual uh, meanings to it. Um, because of, you know, essentially where it originated and why and, yeah. and how. Um, but they don't want to know that because eh, it looks cool. So, yeah. So MC, Booty B, and Homo D also start talking about ecstasy, which is a love drug that makes you want to suck on something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, uh, 
that was kind of, that was a conversation Dean and I were, were really talking about was like, you know, back then, one of the things that, that the, in the show that they said was like, back then everybody was doing this and it wasn't seen as like a gay thing. It just was, um, they were also saying, you know, at the same time, we were the first ones who actually like made a big deal about being out about it. And that wasn't okay. You could do the stuff. You could be out about it. Just don't be vocally out about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's keep it on the low, low. Keep it on the down low. Exactly. So granddad decides that he's got to start. Uh, he's got to try and talk Riley into doing more manly things like football, um, hanging out with a cutie pie, which was Cindy. By the way, I, I don't, don't put those two together. Like she's such a fucking, I don't know. And you know, it's basically, it's because, you know, Riley was folding the clothes and sewing something and doing his toenails. And then when he, when granddad's trying to talk him into going out, Riley finally is like, let's go shopping. Yeah. Um, obviously all things that are trying to uh, tell us to, to flag to us that Riley is picking up more and more gay attributes. Ruckus and Granddad are back spying on Riley. Granddad suggests about someone talking to Riley about sex to make him snap out of it. But Granddad at first does not want to do it. Finally, they hire a pip named Slickback to give Riley a talk about the birds and the bees when Riley asks him about homies over hose. I don't think homies over hoes is a sentiment that a pimp named Slickback can co-sign, Riley. I mean, don't get me wrong. A pimp named Slickback will put a lot of things over a hoe. Money over a hoe? Always. Brand new gators over a hoe? Absolutely. A turkey sandwich with just tomato? Guaranteed. But homies? Oh, no. A pimp named Slickback don't do shit for the homies. Let me reiterate. Don't do shit for the homies. Unless the homie want to walk that stroll and get that money, the homie ain't getting a goddamn thing. And the same goes for brothers, peeps, dudes, fellas, dunnies, comrades, whatever the fuck niggas is calling each other nowadays. Sounds like some gay shit to me. (laughs) So very perfect. Uh, Everything that probably everybody was thinking this whole time about that song. Really? Why why would you pick why? Like, um, yeah. I know there's yeah. a whole coach culture in with women where it's, uh, um, oh no, I can't even remember what the phrase is. Like you've got the, the bros who are like bros before hoes. And then you've got chicks before dicks, chicks before dicks works. I mean, it was just perfect. Like it was, it was just like, Hey, um, you couldn't put it any better. And if you wanted somebody to be like realer than rude, then a pimp named Slipback was the one who was going to do it. Um, yeah. So funny is while we were sitting here watching it, Hubby's like shaking his head when he's like, you know, homies, friends, whatever, you know, niggas is calling him. I don't do, I'm not going out of my way and putting him over anything, you know? Um, so it was just the perfect way for him to, for Riley to go, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Then maybe what he's been saying is right. And it was just funny the way that it had to be explained to him for him to get it. You know, um, because I believe he also looks at, you know, a pimp named Slickback as probably one of the most um, macho men, you know, right. or a man, man as, you know, other than, you know, all everybody else that he kicks it with, all the other, you know, losers and shit like that he kicks it with. He probably looks at him as someone that's like, OK, I can get real game from him because he's really a man, you know, 
Um, He's got all them bitches and hoes working for him. He must yeah. be doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, like, it was just, it was perfect. And, you know, Grandpa and and uh, and Uncle Ruckus felt vindicated and felt like, all right, we did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, one, Grandpa didn't want to have to do it. So he was so happy with anybody else that could do it. But they, I think that, you know, they, they did well. <laughs> Yet another example of granddad doing a terrible job at parenting, but still somehow making it work. Yeah, <laughs> making it work, making it work. So, yeah. And I think the, like, the cool thing there is as well is that as we have seen Slickback, I'm sorry, a pimp named Slickback. Right, say it together. Demean women in other episodes and put them down and, you know, I've got bitches and this and this and that. He does say to Riley explicitly that, like, in his little rant, I didn't pull the clip, but he says, like, too, like, oh, no, like, men can be hoes, too. If he's mm-hmm. working the stroll, it's all good. Yep. So, like, that was a really cool non-sexist moment coming from a pip named Slickback. It's not that he sees, you know, women as just bitches. He sees hoes of all genders as hoes. The end. And if you're not a hoe, you're not working for him, so he doesn't have any responsibility to you either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and yeah. it was just it was just so funny and telling how he's just the end was just like, sounds like some gay shit to me. Like, at the <laughs> end. You know, let me leave you with that thought is pretty much what what he did. So, um, yeah, that that was my my favorite part of the whole episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, just how honest he was, you know, and didn't do it in a way I think that was too shocking, but just made Riley kind of at first like realize shit. And then, of course, he had a breakdown, of course, but right. a ridiculous one at that. But, he, you know. Yeah. So uh, Riley checks his MySpace and tells Hewing that Gangstalicious has put him on the list for the show that evening. Huey, of course, finds this suspicious. Like, again, why why don't the other adults in the room get uncomfortable with the fact that Riley is always hanging out with older <laughs> men? Like, almost exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, think I, it's for Grandpa, like, you know, out of my hair, yeah, you know, kind yeah. of situation. Um, but then also just doesn't think that anybody he's hanging out with is suspicious enough to then you know, be, be suspicious of, you know, they're not doing anything that's uh, I mean, pedophile to say, or, you know, or so he thinks, you know, yeah, um, I mean, I, they get into trouble They're you know, they want to be gangsters. They are rappers, you know, so he'd rather that be an issue than maybe he, you know, should be on to catch a predator. Mm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so. For sure. Okay. Then we have Tom talking to, talking to granddad and trying to, you know, help, Robert understand that it, it's not, it doesn't have to be terrible if Riley is gay. Um, Robert isn't sure what to do, but he decides he, he'll have to think about it, which is better than, you know, sending Riley out to live in the garage or something like that or not yeah, loving like him anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. Then on another talk show, the truth is revealed when Jessica, quote unquote, Wonder Cheeks Ethelberg, a former rap music dancer, publishes a tell-all book that skirts any euphemism and says directly that Gangsalicious is hella gay. Riley, of course, total denial. So we watch a whole bunch of people reacting to it and, and, and like wearing the clothes from the clothing line and just like, oh my God, this guy's gay. Uh, and, you know, Riley, not, not gonna have it. She's gotta be lying. So then Gangstalicious goes on the Fat Man radio program to tell his side of the story. 
Well, first of all, the, 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 I ain't even going to dignify the accusations with a response, you know, because that's so ridiculous. I ain't got the answer to no bitch. See, this is exactly the kind of shit scandalous hoe is good for. They known for. They notorious for snitching, you know? Whether you snitch to the feds or you snitch to random house, you know? Snitching is snitching. Snitching is snitching? What, what, what is she snitching about? You didn't actually deny anything. And in fact, in my opinion, confirmed it by calling her a snitch. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody didn't prep him for that interview. Like, I feel like in the real world, if something like that had come out, he would have gone on a radio show with like a pre-prepped statement and like his manager or, or agent or somebody would be right there to like stop him from talking too much or answering the wrong question or whatever. Yeah. He, yeah. They would have had questions that they couldn't, they weren't allowed to ask. Right. Um, type of thing. And yeah, it, for sure. That definitely would have happened. Um, especially nowadays, you know, because they, you know, they, I don't want to say run off at the mouth, but you guys definitely do more damage than, than, you know, any good that you think you may be doing um, in those situations. I think they're trying, trying to get into this thing too. And it's going to pop up again a little bit later. I think what he's hinting at, despite his denial, is that, okay, so he's gay, right? He's not openly denying it. But without saying it, he is saying, isn't it worse to be a snitch yes. than to mm-hmm. be gay? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's, that's kind of the what subtle thing. To, yeah. r- breaking the fourth wall or whatever. Like, that's kind of what he's saying. But, you know, it falls on deaf ears. Deaf ears. Everyone just cares that he's gay. Right. Right. That's why, like, in my mind, like, I see, you know, a publicist agent kind of situation or, or you know, hell, a lawyer who'd be like, we're going to sue her for defamation or whatever. But instead, he's he just kind of is like, no, nah, no, nah, man, let's talk about this. Isn't this worse? Like, it's it's so bullshit. Uh, I mean, he is right, though. It's worse to be a snitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay. There is something wrong with being a snitch, to in my opinion. But there you have it. Uh, so word word is obviously out uh, about Gangstalicious, and so the Lethal Interjection crew abandoned their plan to work with him, um, which basically means that they ghost him when he shows up at their house. They hide. Uh, they silence their phone. They they will not they will not talk to him. They don't want to be seen as homos by association. Um, however, they, they did, you were saying about the pearls. It was one of my favorite parts is, is when, mm-hmm. uh, Mac Tass, and he's like, oh, I like these pearls. That's fire. I, I'm keeping that though. Right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. I, whenever I hear things that remind me of things that are long forgotten, I look in urban dictionary because I'm sure there's something I've forgotten. And I was right. There is a sex act called pearl necklace. Which oh, yeah. I completely had forgotten about. Right. It's exactly. Which fits yeah. into the gay, the gay iconography too. And the fact that it's men with the pearl necklace. Like one, please. I love, I love seeing men challenge masculinity in any way, whether you are gay or straight. I do not think it's a problem. 15 years ago, I can see this being a whole thing. Now that fashion line would have been that. Like Harry Styles would have been on the runway walking down with that shit on. He would have been so... Yeah. Like, it would have been art, and everybody would have been totally okay with it. But back then, it just wasn't wasn't the time. Oh, so, Riley finally concedes that his favorite rapper might be gay. And then, 
he's very concerned because earlier when he found out that Elton John was gay and, you know, his brother listens to Elton John, oh, that means that his brother's gay. Okay. So does that mean that because his, he's friends with Gangstalicious and like his biggest fan, does that make him gay too? Uh, Huey agrees. Um, <laughs> you know, Huey, this is a definitely breaking the, the fourth wall. You know, he basically looks at the camera and says, I know it's wrong, but I want my own room. So we find out that like Huey knows that all of this is bullshit, but he's like, I might get to not have him in my hair all the time if everybody yeah. thinks this. Yeah. He was um, okay with it. He was okay. He was like, Yeah, I, I will traumatize my little brother just so I can have my own room for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Riley begins to cry, just sob about it. Um, and, uh, that was, uh, that, then granddad comes in and Riley's like, good luck. You know, he's, he's dealing with it. He's, he's grappling with it. And they just, they're crying in each other's arms. Granddad, I might be, I know, son, it's okay. <laughs> Later in front of Thugnificent's mansion, Gangstalicious is talking to his agent, telling him that he thinks his career might be over. At that point, Riley walks up and confronts him and asks him directly, Will hip-hop ever accept an outwardly gay rapper? I don't know. First, somebody has to come out the closet. Peekaboo. You wanna talk about gay? You wanna talk about gay? Talk about gay. Dogging out your homie for what some hoes say. That's gay. But I saw you. I saw you kissing me. You saw him kiss me. While I was tied up, hello. Think I want his old big soft nasty lips on me. Ew, nasty. That scene to me says so much because at that point it was like we're both both going to agree. And unfortunately, Riley's eight, so a little a little naive. Um, but it was just like we're we're gonna we're both gonna agree to continue on with this um this lie. And he had it ready though. Yeah. No matter what he he was he wasn't letting it go, and he had it ready, you know. So the same way that he approached it with Riley, it was going to be the same way that he approached it with everybody, you know, since it was the hot topic. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think Gangstalicious looked at Riley as I can maintain the illusion, at least with him, and that makes me feel comfortable. Whereas actually admitting this is not something that I am comfortable with yet. So it's like, He's, he's, he's basically like saying to Riley, yeah, I don't want to be honest about this and you're okay with the lie. So we cool, we cool, we cool, we cool. <laughs> like, yeah. And like everybody else is tripping as he lays up in bed with that big, beautiful, you know, black man that he was laying next to. Right. He had a gorgeous uh, partner, whoever that was. I know. It looked like it. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a cartoon and all, but yeah, he looked very, very, uh, no, very uh, strong. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it says a lot. I think, and it, it was there was no happy ending right. per se. You know, there was no tragic ending. There was it was just kind of left open to interpretation, which is what it really what really happens. Mm -hmm. You know, so. It was, but Lindsay, I know that you had something you wanted to add about that clip. Oh so. yeah, like I interpreted it this scene kind of different. Uh, it really seriously made me like, not teary, but I was a few blinks away. This is probably the most emotional shit I have watched 
in a long fucking time. I don't really cry over TV, y'all. But it really made me, like, just feel sad. Like, in the first part, we already kind of touched on, like, when he's on the radio and he says, like, you know, the whole thing about snitching yeah. and it's kind of not touching on being gay. And then when Riley confronts him directly, he's like, oh, you want to talk about gay? You want to talk about gay? Take the term gay out of it. He's talking about basically, like, fucking a friend over like how basically Mm -hmm. now if we put it in the context of 2021 this nigga has just been outed you know that's a big fucking thing Mm -hmm. that is so sad and then to have all of your friends and your colleagues turn their fucking back on you for being your fucking self that is so fucked up i am a firm believer that 80 percent of what is wrong with this world is people again othering each other and finding reasons to hate each other. If you go back to that, to the bonus episode, like this whole thing about not getting the pandemic, it is all about people uniting and just accepting each other and working towards the common good. Instead of looking at the divisions of society and finding a reason why you're better than sale next door or you're better than Sue or whoever, because they're gay. Like, so that is heartbreaking in itself. I've dealt with it for most of my career, how we've talked about on the show, code switching and shucking and jiving and having to be someone else in an office setting than you really are because that's the way society is and that's the way corporate is and that's how it goes. So fucking sad. And then the more heartbreaking thing, how I kind of interpreted the scene is that when we see Gangs Delicious on the phone and he's kind of saying like, it's over, mm-hmm. it's like... um like if you're into spirituality and shit, like we say, like, I guess even in English literature, we say it's the dark night of the soul where kind of like the universe puts you in a spot where you can either be your authentic self or you can continue to kind of keep trying to build your quote unquote tower, house of cards, whatever, and it's going to collapse on you at some point. So when he has this moment of saying it's over, it's like, oh, wow, okay, cool. This man can finally live an authentic life and live in his truth and live in a gay as a gay man with his beautiful gay partner and be that first gay rapper like how they even put that quote in will anyone ever accept a gay rapper well someone's got to come out first Mm -hmm. this is the way his story could have turned if he would have taken that brave and bold step but then when confronted by riley it's like he realizes i can still live in this lie yeah to me that's how i took it like oh, I can keep this going, not just with Riley. I can keep this going. I can get my way out of this. I can deny it and continue to be gangstalicious, quote unquote. And so he makes that decision there on the spot and just kind of doubles down on like, I was tied up. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I didn't want that. It was forced on me. And in doing that, it is even more sad and fucked up because Riley, as we often forget watching the show, is an eight-year-old child. Mm -hmm. So you continue to perpetuate the notion that there is something wrong with being your authentic self. There's something wrong with being gay. You're teaching this little nigga like, oh, being gay is wrong. No, that's crazy. I didn't want those nasty. You know what I mean? It yes. just, yeah. it yeah. it's heartbreaking to me, this scene. And I am not a, an emotional person when it comes to TV and shit, y'all. Unless it's like some story time on YouTube of someone, you know, getting kidnapped or some shit like that. Sure. But like TV shows, no. But this shit moved me to my to my core and I was just like I can't yeah I get it 
I I hate that I get it. Um, I do think that, especially with everything that you just said, it really highlights how important having 15 years later, having out celebrities who are so completely comfortable with who they are, that they are willing to be the, the ones out of the closet saying peekaboo and like, readying them themselves for the shit that's coming in. Um, like, I know I keep bringing up Lil Nas X, but like I follow him on Twitter and he is constantly call, like calling out and talking back to all of the people who talk trash to him about the stuff that he does. And he's like, I really don't care if you like it. I'm not doing it for you. I, this is who I am. And I'm very happy that I am able to be who I am with no apologies. And so I'm not going to apologize. And like, that's, that is something that, like you were saying, that could have been what, you know, if this was a real thing happening 15 years ago, that could have been something so groundbreaking for a generation. Um, and instead, it was very realistic, especially of the time. Um, like, we've gotten to a point now where we are more likely to embrace as a society embrace um someone who is openly gay or queer in um like professional capacity pretty much anywhere um i mean not 100% because trans people still are fighting just to have basic human rights basically and mm-hmm. disabled people are still fighting to have basic human rights but aside from that um uh, <laughs> you know it's it's uh <sighs> I'm actually struggling with pop culture currently because I haven't paid so much attention to it. But like when I think of, of successful um, queer people uh, in, especially in like entertainment, you know, I already mentioned Queen Latifah, um, Tyler, the creator, Lil Nas X is, I think this is his third number one signal now single. I'm not entirely sure. I might be wrong on that one. Um, And then uh, did you do Cardi B who is just, putting out single after single about being completely unafraid to be who she is. And like, those are not things that in any way would have been accepted by society 15 years ago. And even though there is a segment of society that's absolutely trying to, you know, quote unquote, cancel them or whatever, um, they are willing to still just be who they are and not change themselves. Um, and it's actually working. Like it's, they're not being talked out of it by some handler or some PR person or whatever. Uh, And I do think there is a thing though there too. Like, I don't want to take away from their boldness in any way, shape or form. And society has changed a lot too. It's not just the bold. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, let's not forget names too, like Debrat. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, since I was little, I always, I don't know if she ever spoke about it, but I always knew her to be gay. Missy yeah. Elliott, I, maybe I'm wrong there. I always knew her. I don't know if she was just bisexual, but I know for sure like that she has had relationships with other women. And I don't think this stuff was secret. Like even if it wasn't broadcast, you know, or put on the front lines. Like, so I do feel like there are, it's, even when we have these bold actors who are in the front lines a lot of times there's a lot of names and I'm sure there's people we've never heard of in the game, in the industry 
who were out here doing the thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And didn't get to didn't get that green pass or that golden ticket to succeed in Hollywood for the sheer fact that they were out and proud 15 years ago. And then there's other people who do get let. I'm sure these people are out here as sad as it is. And they have stories to tell uh, that won't be told, but. Uh, Is there anything else anyone wants to add about this episode before we get into our next segment? Oh, I think we're good. I think we covered it. All right. Welcome to Stupid White People Questions. You mean I'm going to stay this color? <laughs> Hi there. How's everybody doing? Hi. Hey, babe. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so, today's white people question is more of a uh, stupid white people moment. Uh, and I got this uh, as I've been uh, doing lately. Uh, getting these off of TikTok, uh, this fella, he put a, a video out of an experience that he had. His name is, uh, on TikTok, he is King Congo, uh, and I, there will be a link to this in the show notes. But uh, anyway, here's what, uh, here's what happened to him. Story time! Part of my job is to check the structural integrity of buildings that I'm working on. And part of that is getting on top of the roof of buildings that I'm working on. And it's hot as shit, so you know, as soon as I get to the top of this roof, sometimes I take my shirt off because I ain't trying to get a farmer tan out of this bitch. Anyway, as I'm working, uh, a little boy, his mother, and who I assume to be his grandmother, start walking down the block. Can't be more than three or four. He looks up, he screams to me, he says, Wow, you look strong. I look back down and I scream to him, I'm not as strong as you, but. Then he turns to his grandmother, wait for it. He says, Grandma, look at his muscles. Keep in mind, they're white. This old lady, loud enough so I can hear, says all gorillas have muscles. What's the big deal? What? <laughs> so, and I know that was a little hard to hear, but basically he's, he's, he works outside on roofs. He has to go and, and do check structural integrity and things like that. Uh, kid sees him. Tells him that he looks strong. He, he responds back to the kid, not as strong as you. The, he, the kid tells the grandma, look, out, look at his muscles. The grandma says, all gorillas have muscles. What's the big deal? So. I, I like, my mouth is open. Like, I, because yeah. I, I would have replied with something that would have hurt her entire feelings. Mm. And, there, it, and just like I tell my kids, there's no reason to respond like that. Like, it's better to respond with wit. You know, much like, you know, our, our example last week. Um, but, damn, what do you say to that? Like, and she probably was so pleased with herself. Mm-hmm. Um, either expecting him to flash back so that she could have proof behind what her racist thoughts were. Or, you know, have something to support it. Or, oh, my God. Like, I, I don't even know. What the, I, I don't know. Like, that. Wow. It, she either doesn't care at all what wow. about his feelings or... Like, or she doesn't care at all about his feelings and wants to make sure that she hurts them. Like, yeah, I, he, he played this for me a few days ago and I still haven't formed any, I have no response to that. Cause that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, can I just tell like, fuck you old lady? Like, yeah. fuck you sit on it and spin. Like that would, I would have like, wow. I, wow. Wow. Because you know, I think what's so, so shocking to me is that 
what is so wonderful about children is that they're so innocent and they have no hatred until it's instilled in them. Mm -hmm. And so she's starting that process when the baby was, you know, looking at somebody like it, like he was Superman, like he was Thor or somebody, you know, and then for her to turn around and then just completely reduce him as a human being to a fucking gorilla. Like, it makes me smile, y'all. It's my favorite kind of racism. It's that Uncle Ruckus racism. I love it. I yep. live for it. I am not even kidding. I love when people say this racist bullshit to me because I just know, call me arrogant or whatever you want to call me. Like, do you know where I came from? Do you know where I am and what I have? No, you probably don't, but I do. Joke's on you. Call me a gorilla all day. This gorilla lives in a fabulous home and she has her fabulous own business and she's doing fabulous shit. Thanks to the strength of a lot of strong black and not other people of races who supported me and taught me all kinds of bullshit all my life. Bitch, you'd be mad all day. Guess what? Guess what I'm going to do? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm about to go to Starbucks and pay $4 for a fucking latte because I can and I want to. And you're going to be big mad. Is it sad you're teaching your children racism? Absolutely. But, you know, pray for the little boy and hopefully he finds his way out of that. And as a, I'm sure all of us on this in this conversation have many friends who sit around with us and talk shit about how ignorant their racist ass parents and grandparents yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the legacy you live with, leave with your child unless he too grows up to be a little racist piece of shit, which, hey, whatever. I'm still going to be at Starbucks, you know, buying my <laughs> overpriced lattes and, you know, marching for Black Lives Matter on the weekend and doing everything my free uh, loving ass can do. How about that? You stay big mad. Want want. There we go. So yep. she said, "What?" I, I smile, wink, give them the black fist, the black power fist. That's it. That's all there is to say. Bitch, we winning. He does structural integrity. He's winning. What are yeah, you, yeah. lady? You're gonna be dead in twenty years. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Five, if not three, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I've had people check me on this. I'm like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Don't do not do that. Don't bait people. I'm not mean. I, I wouldn't call her a uh, mean old bitch or anything. I just <laughs> wink, and a sm- wink and a smile. <sighs> All right. Is there anything that you guys want to shout out um, on this episode that will be uh, coming out um, right around the 4th of July? Um, yeah, oh, it's Monday. Everybody have a good weekend. I know to most Black people, this is not our, you know, um, this is not our independent day. Why, so you have to, why do you have to be so divisive? Mm. <laughs> hey, look. Realer than rude, okay? Realer than rude. I guess um, MJ doesn't love America. <laughs> right, right. Totally, totally, totally. Mary Go Jane back to your does not shit. love Y'all America. Um, no. <laughs> um, you know, but just be safe whatever what everybody's doing. Um, you know, eat plenty of food. Do, you know, the wobble and the Cupid shuffle a few times. Um, but hydrated. be safe. Yes. I mean, oh, yeah. We're not doing anything on the actual fourth, except for hopefully hunkering down with our dogs and not having anything set on fire around us. We'll see about that. Yes. <laughs> and let's not do that. Everybody, put out your fires if you're camping and shit. Come on, let's not burn Don't up. Don't do our, fireworks our, in the city. We just had yeah. 120 degrees in Portland, Oregon. Do not start any fires on the West Coast. We do not need red skies this year. Yeah. Our air Don't quality is already shit just because of how fucking hot it is. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And we'll be talking next week about how half of California is on fire. Probably. No, yep. I'll say that. Well, I say hope that. that's no, we're going to be good. But yeah. <laughs> we're going to be good. Alrighty. Well, ladies, I will see you next week. Bye. Good night. Bye, everybody.
Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks again for joining us as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back next week for The Hunger Strike. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audiovinger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube. 